0: Welcome to Travel Market Life, your companion for industry insights and professional business development. Travel Market Life. Join us by webcast, video or podcast hello and welcome back to travel market life i'm your host ryan haynes and we are in the new series of hoteliers voice where we speak to hoteliers about their procurement decisions around technologies and some of the key influences that are making their decisions around the types of tech stack that they are implementing within their properties today we're going to be joined by lv the managing director of setter hotels which are a set of beautifully centrally located a hotel properties that are much like private members clubs. There are three of them in London, uh, in Clerkenwell and in Marleyburn. So hello, welcome to the show, LV. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Good morning, Ryan, and thank you for having me.
0: So, I mean, you've um, had quite a task um, set to yourself over the last 18 months. Uh, I mean, you you recently did a total overhaul of your tech stack. Um, How did you approach this project and what were some of your key objectives uh, when identifying the technology partners that you
1: were going to work with? So um, let me start with the fact of saying that we had the luxury of time to do that because at the time when we took over the Z and, and I came with a new ownership um, at kind of almost a year ago now, um, we had the luxury of being able to do those things while in lockdown and kind of reviewing the data and, and just literally taking our time to decide what is it that we need, what does this business need, and again, as, as part of the kind of being new to the business, where do we want to take this forward as well? So a couple of things that... Naturally came to mind, one was flexibility. Are we going to be able to add more properties as, as we hopefully grow in the future? so that was the you know one of the key uh, requirements that we set ourselves. Second was data um, did we have enough data? Do we have correct data? Do we have the correct setup um, previously and And after reviewing it, we kind of decided that now again is the time to to improve all, all those things that we inherited and then thirdly is you know the vision of how do we take the business forwards both operationally commercially and, and, and as a brand and you just can't do these days without having the right tech stack um b- behind the scenes uh the approach that we took here was very much uh one of simplicity where, where possible so whether this revenue sales uh, and distribution setup we wanted to keep things as simple as possible, as efficient as possible, because we know from kind of experience and a few other things that the simpler the background, the simpler the the setup and configuration is, the more efficient you can be, the more productive you can be with the data. So simple doesn't mean that you have, let's say, less data or fewer kind of data points. It means that you're better at using it, analyzing it, pulling it, and then kind of building your forecast, building your business models going forward. So that was really our whole approach. And, and and kind of from customer point of view, we really wanted to focus on building a tech stack that is almost invisible to a customer. Um, Zeta brand being so focused on quality, on that kind of real, true um, boutique experience. We wanted to make sure that tech doesn't get in the way. We wanted that to be so seamless and so simple that customers just don't think of it. So that was another requirement that was very much at the back of our minds when we make those decisions. This wasn't the
0: first time, though, that you worked on developing uh, a tech stack, was it? I mean, I guess you know to to go through that um, process required you to have a really good idea as to, uh, I guess, what that infrastructure was going to look like. What was even your vision um, of of what you wanted to achieve? As, as you said, you know, the some of the key elements that you wanted it to to, to do, and 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 it to, and the experience for your hotel staff.
1: Um, so I've counted that recently and so all three of Zeta hotels that we did in, in April, the tech stacks, for me that was 28th, 29th and 30th kind of individual hotel migrations in my own career and my, my kind of early stages of that journey, I was, I was an observer, I had to do small tasks for this and that for, for a group of hotels and then my own expertise I suppose kind of grew as technology grew in, in the industry over the last five to seven years Um, so with that, I, I think I've learned from my own mistakes. Looking back, I've learned to trust, um, technology much more. I've learned to ask the right questions during the procurement process. And I've learned to trust my team as well, to make sure that, you know, whatever requirements they have before you make those key decisions, your team are really the key people, um, to make it work or to fail in some cases. So, um, definitely a lot to learn, definitely a lot of angles, definitely a lot of kind of even the fundamental needs to consider every time you you change anything at all. Uh, And even more so when you change the whole tech stack because that really literally involves every single person in a business, how they operate, how they do things, how they use data or not use data in some cases. Um, a A lot to consider. So
0: then um, if, if someone's approaching this either the first time, uh, which, as you say, if you've already done 30, then uh, <laughs> it's quite a uh, quite arduous task for, for someone who's approaching for the first time. But um, what advice would you give those hotels that are either mm-hmm. looking to replace their entire tech stack or recognize that their existing tech stack is causing friction and is perhaps maybe costing them more than
1: than they really mm-hmm. feel it needs to? Don't rush. Don't let people to bamboozle you with terminology. Don't allow, you know, in some cases, some snazzy salespeople to kind of hide things or kind of avoid a question. Just ask questions. If you don't feel comfortable, if you don't feel like they've answered your questions, if you don't feel like you've seen a proof of, of certain functionality, ask and ask again. Do not sign on a dot online unless you're fully confident that, that, that a particular solution will either work for you or will work with another chosen partner that you might have kind of encountered in, on this journey. Um, as I said earlier, trust your team. Trust your team to give uh, the honest feedback because at the end of the day, whether it's your receptionist, whether it's your commercial managers, whether it's your market managers, whoever it is, they are going to be the ones using your systems, your solutions day in and day out. So they need to be comfortable as well. You need to involve your team in the, in the process. And of course, someone needs to make a decision. And, and, and that decision lays on you know someone like myself. And, and so as, as, as much as we don't like to make wrong decisions, those decisions need to be made. So use the time, go through the whole process, don't rush into things, don't allow external people to rush into decisions, allow your internal people to hold you back if that's what it takes. Um, and ask and ask away. Um if you can, as much as you can, ask for examples, live examples. So if you're choosing a system X to do, you know, a, a job or functionality, that that's why. See if there's a I don't know a competitor, a neighboring hotel that, that is next to you that is, is using those solutions. Talk to them. Ask about good, bad and the ugly. Again, take your time, you know, do your research. Do not jump into solutions just, just because
0: so i mean it sounds like it's partly having been aware of some of these systems that are on the marketplace partly your experience of having worked with some of these systems and then having that recommendation um and on top of that those proof points that if you haven't worked with these systems you know what what examples have they got um i mean i guess you know that's always a big thing isn't it especially within hotel tech there are so many vendors out there Um, some that work very well in specific regions some that work really well for different types of um, hotel categories Mm. what for you uh, when it comes to a partner a tech partner are sort of the key credentials and saying yeah these are guys that are going to really help me on the journey now and into the future
1: Uh, I suppose there's, there's a couple of layers to that to that answer so number one is I prefer personally and that's very personal to me to work with potentially Smaller companies, smaller vendors, because I know that you know someone like Zeta. We're not we're not a large chain. We only got three hotels. Hopefully more in the future, but but we only got three hotels. So we really want our partners to understand our needs, like really understand them. You know, understand what I said earlier about focusing on the customer, making sure that tech is almost invisible, making sure that there's there's a sufficient level of automation, making sure that the sufficient level data analytics and data controls and all these kind of things that we can then make smarter decisions and hopefully outsell, you know, chain hotels, because that's that's what we're here for. Um, so if you don't have a partner vendor that understands your business needs and, and your own challenges, then, then you're going to really struggle to achieve your financial goals. And, and you know, you're not going to be hitting your revenue targets, you're not going to be converting that into your bottom line, all these kind of things. Um, number two is, you know, I, I like a bit of underdog in the whole story. I like... <laughs> them to be a slightly smaller company i'd like them to be maybe a challenger because i know and again that's kind of combination of experience and my own probably mentality of if we work with a challenger we have a challenger mentality ourselves we together can develop things and take our industry forward and and that's for me quite a big thing moving our industry forward trying to develop things develop those tools and and you know tools is just one equation of it but it's actually how do you then creates that next experience, that next hotel, that next brand, that next kind of guest interaction and satisfaction levels. And, and those tools really help you to get there. You can't do it without your people. but So you kind of combine, hopefully, the knowledge, the challenger mentality, the ability to respond to your needs, ability from their side to listen to your needs and, and kind of use your expertise, your needs on a daily basis, and develop that into a tool, a better tool for the future. That really, that's what, that's what makes things exciting and interesting. You know, uh, not everyone has this mentality, of course. Not everyone, you know, is able to maybe kind of feed into tech world because tech world is, is very different as well. Some of them do have hospitality experience. Some of them don't. So it's finding the right balance between those kind of two worlds and, and finding those partners that get both sides of things. That's that's a crucial thing, um, you yeah.
0: Okay. So, I mean, you, you, you've talked through me through already, um, uh, your tech stack, it's really quite comprehensive. Um, you've pretty much, um, identified a, a lot of tools that for you, um, work together because mm. of, uh, them being cloud-based and having the open API. So they have the exchange of data that is mm. so essential to your business. So can you talk me through what
1: that tech stack
0: looks like and, and who you're using?
1: So, um, Starting point, as as you just mentioned, it it all for us had to be cloud-based. Some of that was driven naturally, like everyone else, by by kind of COVID needs, where we just felt the need of having the flexibility and ability to work from wherever we are, you know, whether revenue manager is sitting in Spain or Italy or in London, it doesn't matter, you know, the job. The tools should not hinder the job. And and that that was kind of the driving force. The second thing was the fact that we really needed, not just wanted, but we needed all those Sys kind of moving parts, all those kind of connectivities to have open APIs. Um, Because to us as a business, that that gives us a lot of flexibility. So if if tool A doesn't work, then we can change it for the tool B and and vice versa. So what we chose in the end, so we chose Apaleo as as a PMS that pretty much sits in, in the middle of it all. Um, we chose SiteMinder for distribution. We chose um, Hotel Res for um, you know GDS connections because again they've got a fantastic team that really works with us alongside with us and, and you know really help us achieve our commercial goals. We choose Lightspeed for uh, we chose Lightspeed for POS because again there was the same mentality where whether we've got three food outlets, two food outlets, um, whether we've got an iPad, we can just do events and kind of normal operation as and when needed with devices coming in and out as per needs. Um, And then we chose uh, guest review. I've got a kind of a a very good history with them where they can plug in and out and pull a lot of data from about our customers and give a very comprehensive picture of of satisfaction rates, what what our customers are saying internally and externally about the kind of the stays and and overall experience. And kind of to top it all up, and, and for me that's the next stage of evolution probably in hospitality, is we chose foresight for CRM. Um, and, and the reason why we chose Foresight, we felt, I felt personally, and my team, that the team behind Foresight are very forward looking, they're very data focused. And unlike some of kind of more established solutions within the hospitality sector, they really look at the data. And we can, we are now able to play with that data in very kind of interesting ways. So putting all of those things together, we get a very good, comprehensive picture of, of what our customers are all about, how they behave, when they book, the, the, the patterns, and how that kind of whole customer journey, and I'm not talking about the check in checkout just kind of from decision-making to kind of satisfaction rates, how can we make our products better? How can we grow our brand, our assets into the kind of next stage of evolution? So um, that to us was very important. And, and again, you know, those systems going back to the whole cloud and open API mentality, it took you know, most cases it probably took like minutes to connect, you know, separate moving parts and systems and everything else. Some of those connections were brand new, so I know that people had to develop into each other, which which is absolutely fine. But again, being open API, there was no cost to us, there was no kind of barriers to us. People just in some cases I just connected two sides and say, Hi, you know, A and B, talk to each other, uh, shout if you need anything, and, and you know, the next day things are done. And and that's just the beauty of it, where you know, I'm kind of old enough to remember where some of the legacy systems, you know, they charge you project manager fees and, there's, you know, it goes into thousands just, just to make two systems talk because you need certification, you need to have development teams. And you're like, well, that's such a thing of a past. And, and and it's such a risk as well. And people end up sometimes with legacy systems having two systems that are not really talking to each other, but because you spend thousands of making them talk to each other, you kind of you stuck with it because you go like, oh, <laughs> we spent, I don't know fifteen grand on this particular connection. Well, we can't just drop it now, even if it doesn't quite do what we want. So um, again, that's not that's not a problem that we tried to solve kind of in advance, and, and I think we succeeded with that.
0: Excellent. I mean, you know, you um, have a much longer list you know of of tools that you use um and i can imagine how uh you know once you've got them all in place you don't really have to worry about a majority yeah. of them uh, but just to add to that you worked with up hotel marketing for your websites. Yeah. uh you yeah. got flex keeping you have um accountancy connectivity through zero yeah. uh you're working with ota insights uh yeah. pace for your revenue management system and yeah. you work you get your str reports as well so yeah. um <laughs> really, really um, I guess, you know, thank God that technology is interconnected nowadays. Yeah,
1: um, <laughs> it is. But, you know, to kind of to, to your earlier point, um, a lot of times this particular setup, this kind of even mentality of having all these different partners, that's seen as like a huge risk, especially mm. kind of more established brands, established companies, you know, some, some of the operating companies, they they would love to have what we have. And and I had those conversations privately with with, with a lot of people. But they just see it as a risk. When you choose a system that's maybe not as established, maybe doesn't have as many hotels or kind of assets under their remit, to, to some of those companies, it's a hard sell to investors because investors are like, well, yeah, but but it's not established. It's not um, you know, it's not a legacy system, it's it's not what everyone else is using. And and they are right in that saying. So they see it as a risk, but rather than kind of sometimes trying to work through the reduction of that risk and saying, okay, so, right, we want this as a solution, and then that's what our starting point is. We want a solution that we work backwards of who can deliver this, how can we deliver this, how much is it going to cost? Um, they're kind of like, well, no, it's it's too risky, we're not going to do that. Um, and again, that, to me, that's the beauty of being kind of more independent, privately owned, boutique hotel world, because we, we, we can take those risks. And, and going mm. back to, again, open APIs and cloud-based, if a particular module doesn't work, we can then, Unplug it, plug something else in. You know, and that—that's again, it's more work. Definitely, it requires an element of experience, expertise, and and, and a bit of trust in your team. Um, but but there's a huge benefit to that because through all that data, you know, you mentioned Pace, you mentioned OT Insight, we get so much data at the moment. It then needs for us to make sure that we use that. We have got the right people in our business that kind of are able to filter out and and put it to good use. Of course, that, that's always the case in any business, but. One thing we don't like at the moment is data. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Seems like it. And I mean, I think as, as a point you made as well earlier is that you did have the luxury of having um, lockdown and, and have the time to really focus on this. And so, you know, there are consultants out there that can actually yeah. dedicate their time and their focus to de- delivering that project. And uh, I guess as well, just making sure that your team aren't distracted by the day-to-day and that as soon as you've got their new tech stack in place, they can really... Um, um, uh, benefit from that uh immediately with the right training in place yeah.
1: um
0: now i met you at the annual hotel conference um and um in one of the sessions you said that data was key as you've already mentioned to optimizing the value from guests um how are you using data more intelligently now
1: um so a couple of again layers, levels to, to that answer. So it's much more on as I said to you before, these days in, in kind of these unexpected COVID times. I know we're all sick of saying that by now, but but these days it's all about really having that data, really understanding that data and and yeah, using that data. So you know, revenue is a big part because what revenue these days do does and 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 how that's i think evolved over the last kind of 10 years it used to be very much a pricing game and and revenue now is more about knowing your market knowing your trends knowing your customers knowing the behaviors and putting that data to good use for your future you know revenue strategy distribution strategy your your sales strategy how do you connect your meetings your events your your kind of corporate behaviors into your kind of you know ota games and, and direct business and everything else um, so the way we use it, as, as I mentioned earlier, it's, it's all about empowering and engaging with that CRM data that, that really gives us good understanding of, of how customers book, when they book, how do they behave on our website. You know, one of the key things that we've done back in, back in September this year, following the kind of tech stack change, we built a new website because we recognize straight away that with all this beautiful tech that we've got, our website was becoming a bit of a barrier because it wasn't giving us the right data. The website was, you know, it was great when it was built about 10 years ago, but it just couldn't serve the purpose anymore. So we couldn't. So, yeah, we got a booking, but we couldn't understand what was happening before the bookings made on our website. And we've got a great share of direct booking um, revenue, which is great, but we couldn't understand it. You know, it's, it's good to have a great result, but, but you still want to understand good times and the bad times. You still want to really fully appreciate your customers. Um, and and that 's really what changed. so how we use our data we pull data from CRM we want to see you know cus- kind of se- customer segmentations, whether it's um, you know kind of local or international, how do they behave when did they book and then taking through that journey as I mentioned earlier of you know the arrival times kind of understand that better are they here for uh, a certain experience and and it's different for with each three of our hotels are they here for our cocktail lounges are they here for an external event like a musical or theater? And and really, what drives those needs and how can we really tailor our product as as we grow the brand, but also how can we tailor the internal experience? And, and our internal experience is, in many ways, fairly limited because we've got cocktail lounges. It's all about beautiful, amazing, next level kind of cocktail experience, which is great. But then, again, we want to keep pushing it. You know, we want to keep taking it to the next stage, next level, next big thing, whether it's London or international. So that that's essentially how we do it and and it goes back to revenue it goes back to the fact that if you don't have those bookings if you don't have those clicks on your website if you don't have the traffic coming to you then well none of those experiences matter you know so you, you can create the most amazing cocktail and and you know sell it for 5 pounds and and it's good but unless you've got bookings coming in for you know for the next 3 weeks 5 weeks 6 weeks 3 months then none of that kind of matters so it's connecting that whole loop and making sure that it travels back in circles and, and the circle hopefully gets bigger and better, and more efficient, but, but that's, that's what we use it for. I mean, it is incredible how comprehensive
0: your guest profiles can be nowadays. And mm. as you say, you're not no, you're, we no longer need to look at demographics and segmentation in that way, but really getting down to the psychometric needs of, yeah. you know, what's the purpose of their stay? Um, and then how does everything else feed into it? Like the booking window, the room tights, the length of stay. Mm. Um, and what is the cost of acquisition? And I guess that is really the important thing, as you say. I mean, do you want to be paying, you know, all these commissions um, that are actually increasing your cost of acquisition or, or working on doing it directly and optimizing your return guests, which are just reducing all of that? So, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating. But I, I, can under, I can imagine that you've got a lot further to go in crunching those numbers because you're only absolutely. really at the start of it.
1: Absolutely. absolutely. And, and, you know, this year has been a, a, an interesting one because, you know, over 90% of our bookers were UK-based, which is again great because <laughs> it demonstrates a certain amount of kind of brand recognition and brand loyalty. So it's it's all great, but you know, uh, yeah, what do we do with it next year? How can we kind of predict the the, the market trends of people going to be traveling abroad more? We just don't know. We we kind of hope so because if you know UK-based people are traveling abroad, that means that people from Europe, from US, are going to be coming to London as well, which is always great for us. So it's trying to level out those kind of picks and troughs and, and, and continue building that base, really, and, and making sure that you know, we're much more predictable and, of course, return investment to, to, to the owners.
0: And now that leads me, I guess, me into my final question. Um, as we start talking about cost of acquisition, it's really mm-hmm. around sort of how revenue management has changed over the last two years. And um, you've got a, a particular perspective on that.
1: It's, yeah, so again, revenue management is is a much broader picture than than it used to be. Um, In in some ways, as we keep joking, it's a bit like running a a stock market um, because you really need to understand your products, your customer behaviors. And, and, you know, today is a good example, right? You need to gouge and understand that public mood in general. You know, uh, we don't have restrictions today. We don't have anything new that came in today post last night's announcement. But at the same time, we are very aware that, if our customers are not confident to come into London, if they don't feel potentially safe and whatnot, it's not gonna happen. And you know, it's straight away it affects revenue. Straight effects straight away affects how we forecast the business, what kind of you know, are we seeing any cancellations, are we seeing and again, it, it goes back to that psychometric behaviors, as, as you mentioned. It it's 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 all connected. Um and to me, that's that's a future of revenue, much like it used to be very much you know, traditionally 10 years ago, you you have you know a segment and then a the revenue manager would come down and price it, and the fault card kind of comes out of it. You yes, we still do that, but we much more rely on, on systems to do it, on, on, on automations, like you know, pace does it really great. It's now about understanding, using those tools, understanding what's really happening in the market, because because none of your systems will tell you anything about the confidence. They'll show you the numbers saying, you know, we've got that many bookings, that many cancellations. It's for them to manage to understand what's driving good, bad, the ugly. How does that convert to business? How does that convert uh, into future forecasts? And how can we then make money out of it, essentially? And, and with that, you've got yeah, different channels, different segments, and everything else. And, of course, it's, it's a broad stream that kind of can be split into smaller perspectives. But, um, yeah, that, that's where it's all going. I think it's much more sometimes strategically kind of feeling-based management. And then you have a tool to do your actual pricing but it's much more that than than just the price changes. Yeah, and and
0: you're able to get on top of that a lot more than you used to with that visibility in, into what's happening in the marketplace. Absolutely. Well, um, LV, I mean, you um, it's it's you know, hopefully that means that you've got everything in place. You've got the tech stack, the infrastructure now. Um, and as we uh, sort of move to recovery over the next few right. years, that you're going to be in the Optimum pl- place to to be able to take advantage mm. of everything that comes out of the market. Um, thank you ever so much for for sharing your insight there uh, with us and and what you been doing with setter hotels uh, and i really look forward to visiting very soon and testing um, a few of those cocktails that's for sure
1: definitely well thank you for having me
0: um that was lv the managing director of Seta hotels as part of our hoteliers voice series season two thanks for joining us look out for the next episode as part of this series this has been ryan haynes on travel market life for more, go to Travel Market Life. The music sensation by Zach Nelson is reproduced under license from Storyblocks. Travel Market Life is a Haynes Marcom's digital marketing
1: agency production serving the travel and technology industries.